You are listening to motivational quotes and inspirational life stories from real life people just like you. I'm your host, Victoria Johnson. You can learn more about me and my number one best-selling book at victoriajohnson.org. It's time to share our experiences and motivate and inspire you. So let's get started. Hello, wonderful listeners and viewers. I am super excited to have with you today someone who I am going to dub the super reader and the super writer because she just does them both every day. And I have no idea how that all happens, but we're about to find out, which is exciting. And I wanted to share with you, she's got a new book that has just come out and it, uh, I believe it's called How Change Really Happens. That's how, that's what it's called. Awesome. And so her name is Sierra Melcher. She's been with us once before and I just had to go back and get more from her because things change very quickly with her. We almost need to keep a week by week tab. She is a mentor, an international educator, an entrepreneur, mom and author and artist. And uh, you live in Colombia. I do. I do. Yes. I still live in Colombia and I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so tell us, uh, before we begin, you know, it's really timely that you are writing this book or have written this book on how change really happens because there's so much change going on in the world right now. And my first instinct question to ask you, and maybe this is the mother in me, saying, how is it being away from your home country? It's interesting being away from where I was born but I've also been here for 10 years and I've been out of the US since 2006. So it's really interesting, this concept of home, actually. What is home? Is it a place? Is it the people? So my daughter is here, she's five, and my mom lives across the hall. What is home? Right? I would, I would say you found it. Yeah. My dad is still in the US. I just got off a call with him. And so the distance, we feel the distance amplified right now, but I think he feels the distance all the time because when there's a five-year-old and you're missing what happened between four and a half and five, you feel that distance anyway. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's a really great word that you used, amplified. There's so much going on in the world right now that is amplified. That's like, hello, notice me, amplified. And that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing with all respect to anyone who has fallen ill and to things that have happened in the economy and so on. But I feel like your book probably addresses how to go through some of these things quite gracefully. So let's just dive right in. How change really happens. So... How change really happens, I think the reason I called it this and the reason it came to me is because I believe that communally we have a misperception, a false narrative of how change happens, how change internally happens and how change externally in the world happens. So how personal growth and transformation happens, but how like life out there, outside of this window, how it happens. I wrote this book before the whole world went sideways, but I think it is is quite timely in that The story we tell ourselves about how life is supposed to happen is often in conflict with what we're experiencing. And that just makes conflict where we're like, no, what's happening in the world with my job or my career or the planet? I don't like it. And I want to like force it to be some other way or my personal growth and change. It's not happening how I thought it was supposed to happen. And our disconnect, our conflict there adds tension. It adds friction and delays what could be just a really beautiful unfolding, 
right? If you were a flower and you thought the flower was supposed to bloom in a certain way, but it's like blooming this way, you're like, no, bloom this way. You know, we resist our own evolution and that resistance changes how it happens and for the most part makes it less fun. Absolutely, causes more stress. Totally, because we are designed to grow and change. Change is this fascinating word where people are like, it's yes, change, no change, no, no, no. You know, I want to be different, but I don't want to be different. I was once hired for a job many, many years ago because they wanted change. And so they hired a young female Mm -hmm. executive director uh, into an old boys club. And it didn't take me long to realize they didn't want change. They wanted to talk about change, right? right? So that they felt relevant and so on. And, you know, God bless them, they just weren't ready. Well, and like, I want change over here or I want change that feels really familiar, which isn't, right? Change means something different. It means it's also often unfamiliar and unfamiliar is often uncomfortable. Yes. You want comfort and you want change. You either need to redefine your definition of either or both of those concepts or just get comfortable being uncomfortable, which is that really common expression. I think just willing to be uncomfortable is even more accurate for myself. Discomfort is uncomfortable. I'm not going to get comfortable with it, but I'm just going to get more willing to be uncomfortable. And that willing is a key piece, that word there, willing. I find for me, when I think about change, I think about two things. Think about the term growing pains, Mm -hmm. right? So whether you are, you know, making a change in a marital situation, or maybe you're going to the gym now and you weren't before, it's going to hurt, right? Growing pains. Yes. And metaphorically sore. Yeah. And then I think back to something that we often refer to with Louise Haywork, which is doors closing, doors opening. I'm safe. It's only change. It's only change, right? Like, and just taking the power away. It's only change. Right. And just, We're just changing accepting the story. it for what it is. It's changing mm-hmm. our internal story about what change is. It doesn't have to be cataclysmic. It doesn't have to be your whole identity's gone and you don't know who you are. Yes. It can feel that upsetting, but it can also, and that's the purpose, that was the underlining purpose of my book is to rewrite a narrative about change. So the first half of the book is a couple of vignettes, just short little stories. I refer a lot to nature because there's always change. It's constantly changing. That is the only constant is it's change. And something I love from Clarissa Pinkola Estes, who's this great mythologist and Jungian psychologist. She wrote Women Who Run With Wolves. If you've heard of that book, it's incredible. A lot of the old myths talk about the life-death-life cycle, which is the continuity of the change. And doors opening and doors closing is life and death in its literal sense, but it's ending of one thing, beginning of another, evolution and change and growing. To grow is to change. To evolve is to be something that you weren't in the past. And I think, you know, in that example of the doors closing and the doors opening, the next line in that chant is doors I'm opening, Mm -hmm. right? And there's that shift there. And so like you say, in nature, it happens and we accept it and we watch it. And, you know, even something as simple as watching the birds go to the trees for food right? They know, okay, different seasons, different times, this is where I need to go for food. But if they decide not to go, they're not going to get fed, period, right? And that's really their choice, their only choice that way, right? And I love this though, because birds will never 
be like, I refuse to go to the tree. I'm mad at the tree and I'm going to be this way. And yesterday there wasn't blah, blah, blah. But people, we're the ones who aren't going to go to the tree for food, right? Mm -hmm. Somehow we think, I want to break the rules of how everything works. And I'm going to create my own misery in doing that, but at least I'm going to be, you know. Right. And in creating that misery to stay on this theme and creating that misery, that's when they're starving, spiritually starving, emotionally starving, relationship starving, right? When they have the choice of just reaching out to the tree and retrieving what it is that they want or starving, right? Yeah. And so tell us about the second half of the book. So the first half of the book is rewriting that story and really shifting how we relate to change and ourselves. And then the second half of the book are very, very short chapters that are tools. So like, try this. And they are, very little of it is probably you've never heard before. A lot of it you've heard before. Journaling, checking in with yourself, making time and space. But the second half of the, so the subtitle of the book is Unexpected Tools of Transformation. So the second half of the book is those tools. You know, unexpected tools of transformation. I really love that because I think so often we as spiritual people give a lot of lip service to journaling, meditation, mindfulness, all of these things. But in truth, are we really pursuing and examining and taking it to the altar, let's say, Mm. these changes that we want in our lives? And change doesn't mean, in my mind, correct me if I'm wrong, change doesn't mean you did it wrong. Change doesn't mean bad. It just means that you're looking for growth. Yeah. I don't know that there is bad change, right? There's, I'm willing, I'm unwilling, I resist, I'm open. There's comfortable and uncomfortable. Partially, we create that. If we're unwilling, then we're creating that discomfort. I love words and I think we got into this last time, but I am such a word geek, largely actually because of my dyslexia. I hear words differently. Just my brain works a little bit differently. You said, take it to the altar. Altar. Altar means to change. The verb is to change. The noun is the place of honor. Right. Right? It's the same. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Take it to the altar. Take it to be altered. And... I just wanted to share while we're on this subject of these really powerful words and things that make powerful shifts in our life. As the listeners know, I always ask the guests, do you have a favorite quote? And the favorite quote, I'm going to tell the listeners ahead of time. She has this favorite (laughs) quote that is so stinking powerful that I'm like, I don't want that quote. (laughs) That quote really goes deep and really makes me think. But that's what we need right now. That's what we need in our world. Okay. So are you ready to share it? It's a quote by Joseph Campbell. I am ready. And it's how I start the book and then I share it later on in the book too, is the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Take a breath. That one deserves a whole breath. Yes. That one the, ripples through me every time I hear it. The cave you fear to enter. So right now, listeners and viewers, think about that cave you fear to enter. What has been niggling at you? What has been just kind of on the outside of your consciousness? What Is it that you kind of know, know, know that you need to be doing or want to be doing, but you're resisting? So thinking about that, and then the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And so if we are seeking like many people like myself who are spiritual teachers, who what we seek is to 
be more effective in what we do, whatever that looks like, to reach more people, to touch more hearts, to be able to be in this place of expansion for not only our minds and our clients' minds, but the ripple effect throughout the universe. And, you know, the abundance that comes with that in all ways, including financially, I think is an important part to honor as well. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And I think it's a really interesting approach because it's in this spiritual path, in this personal relationship with oneself path, there's so much light and love and kindness and all of that stuff that we want, right? But if we draw the line and say, I'm only dealing with up here, only willing to make space for half of the experience, and I'm all for positivity, but not at the sake of ignoring the discomfort or the darkness. Because again, going back to some of the lessons in the book, there's day and night. Part of what makes day amazing is night. Part of what makes night amazing is day. There is summer and there is winter and they play in together. And if we've been living and energetically, we've been living like high noon on a summer Sunday, our energy is just up here all the time, full productivity, all the time. Go, 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 go. We have electric lights. We never take a holiday. Our energy is just full blast committed to only part of the story. We don't commit as much to our rest and our reflection as we do to our production. And that creates imbalance. It neglects vital introspection. That's such a good point. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm really excited about what you just said. (laughs) So basically, you know, there's the outward, there's the inward. And I know, you know, we all, people who are spiritual entrepreneurs, people who are, you know, like-minded who are listening to these podcasts, open to these concepts. We often feel like, okay, so I live my day, but except for, you know, 20 minutes, 45 minutes, one hour or whatever in the morning where I refuel. And you're giving a different side of this saying, day to night, spring to fall, and then take it home for me here. And we need that. We talk about balance, right? But we can't have the balance between love and light, right? We need the balance between joy and grief. We need the balance between external and internal. We need the balance between production and harvest, all of it. And this is where it comes back to the quote is, the cave you fear to enter, the below the horizon, the darkness, the quiet, the desolate abandon. If we think of it, it's really all how we think of it. If we think of it as scary and we think of it as like, I'll, if I go in, I'll never come back. I'll get totally lost to myself and I don't go there. Then we are, again, starving ourselves. I think the fuel for the soul comes from below the horizon. I think it comes from the quiet, from the darkness, from that unknown that we're like, no, 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 I don't know. I don't want to go there. And this is what I hear from this quote is that what you need that maybe you've been looking for up here, it's in the unknown. And that for me shifts my relationship to the cave I fear. I'm like, thank goodness I have a cave that I fear so that I can face my fear and figure out where my treasure is right? Absolutely. It's, it becomes this place of solitude and of growth and almost like a reward. Completely. You know? Completely. Absolutely. So how change really happens. Do you have a subtitle? Yes. The unexpected tools of transformation. Okay. 
The Unexpected Tools of Transformation. Available on Amazon? It is available on Amazon. It is free on Kindle Unlimited. It's available in paperback. And I believe within the next month, it will be on audio audible, which thinking back to our last conversation, recording the audio book was sincerely one of the hardest things that I've ever done emotionally. Because, And I'm so glad that we had that conversation a couple of weeks ago, reminding myself that I've overcome dyslexia because when I was sitting there reading out loud my own words, I couldn't tell the difference between when I was like 40 years old recording an audiobook and the time when I was like 12 years old and trying to get a sentence out. It was emotionally the hardest thing that I've ever done. And the cave you fear to enter... Hold the treasure you seek. Yes. So tell us about that healing process, if you can. I can. Because, and I've been thinking about this a lot in the last week or so, given all of this time that we have to think and feel and be, I still have, I am a healer. I support women around the world through anything that you can imagine. And to be a healer, I must be healing. I must do this stuff myself. I have to be doing this work myself. I can still support people, but the more that I do for myself, again, it amplifies. It just blows out of the water the dimension with which I can support somebody else when I'm doing this myself. And healing, up until recently, I really thought of healing as this really positive experience. And recently, really in the last five days, I think now of healing as holding anguish. And up until then, I was like, I don't want to hold anguish. And so I didn't, which also meant I wouldn't go to these really hard places within myself. So now you're holding the anguish. What's happening with the anguish? It gets seen, it gets felt, and it flies away. Mm, beautiful. When beautiful. we don't want to hold it, we lock it down. Again, this is in the ca- like in the cave, there's stuff in there. If we don't make space for it, we are holding so tightly to it that we can't let it go. And that's the healing is the holding and letting it fly away. Absolutely. It's a Absolutely. total uh, physiological, cellular, psycho, physio, the whole thing, transmutation that it literally changes when we are ready to let it go. And so the audio recording process, I can't even listen to it. <laughs> But I've had a couple people listen to it and they're like, yes, it's good. I said, are you sure? Because I listened to a moment of it and I could just feel how uncomfortable I was. Can you hear how uncomfortable I am? They're like, no, can't hear it. But it was like the final breath in that story of I can't read. And I can. (laughs) I read a book out loud. And it's not the same as reading a book to my five-year-old. She's a great audience. She's a forgiving audience. I was reading in front of a microphone that just so clearly says, you're reading out loud to a less forgiving audience. And I was that less forgiving audience. So doing the thing that is anguish, either doing it or unpacking it, you know, finding it in the cave and unwrapping it and and experiencing it. For me, the few nuggets that I know that I still have to heal that I haven't fully, the way that I think of them is they were too painful to experience when they happened. And so I wrapped them up and I protected myself from them at the time. And I tucked them away in my cave. They're still there, fresh as the day they were wrapped up. They are in my, you know, the memory of it is stored in my cells. The memory of it is stored in my psyche and my subconscious. I haven't released it. 
So I'm carrying it with me, like dragging my cave behind me. So if I'm willing to, when I'm willing to go into the darkness, knowing that it's not going to be fun, this isn't fun. I'm going to go in and I'm going to unpack this total anguish, the total fear, the total hurt, the total abandonment that isn't happening now. I stored it away because I couldn't do it then because I was six. But now, now I'm six and 30 and 40 and willing. And so I can do it and let it fly away. And you know, I would really encourage you to use the affirmation, I am safe, Mm -hmm. as you go through this process. If you have any pictures of you in Colombia from the age time that you are when you've got these packages hidden away Mm -hmm. and you're going to be opening and exploring them, spend some time with that picture, looking into her eyes and saying, listen, I love you. I've got your back. We're just going to let this go. And, you know, and go to the big you in the mirror and tell her the same thing. I've got you. I support you. We are safe. It's only change. And when we let go of what's been holding us down, it's the anguish may blow away in the breeze, but it's us who rise above. Yeah. And I believe in you. Thank you. I truly do. I want people to find your book. I'm excited to find your book. So on Amazon, How Change Really Happens and the Unexpected Tools of Transformation. On Amazon, uh, Kindle, and soon, soon to be in Audible. <laughs> that is exciting. I do want to tell you how else you can get in touch with Sarah. She does these amazing women's circles around the world, which are phenomenal and would be an amazing thing to be a part of. Her website is integralwoman.com, and I'm going to spell all of that. I-N-T-E-G-R-A-L-W-O-M-E-N.com. So integralwoman.com. Dot com is the website. Facebook, you can find her at Integral Women Mentoring. Again, her name is Sierra Melcher, Intera Women Mentoring. And on Twitter, I haven't checked out your Twitter. It'll be fun to see what you have to say. Is Women Integral. When we were sharing this quote today, uh, which I loved so much that you shared. I just want to say that you actually wrote a quote today on this podcast. You're hearing it here first, folks. (laughs) And I want to repeat to you what that quote was because it is amazing. You said, to be a healer, I must be healing. Very, very powerful words to remind us all. We don't arrive. We keep going. We keep uncovering. There's always another layer and all of the beautiful gifts that come with that layer. And thank goodness, right? Yes. Yes. Done. I don't want to be done. I want to <laughs> be, ooh, what's next? Yes. You know, my five-year-old daughter is the perfect reminder because she is always curious, even if it means crying and kicking and screaming or, you know, needing a nap she's curious and she is fully committed to her experience. I'm like, yes, that. I want more of that. Even if it's like the meltdown mess, I just want, what's next? What can we play with? I love that. I had a podcast guest on the other day and she uh, shared that whenever something came to her unexpectedly in her mind, she said, yes, I'll have more of that, please. (laughs) So when you watch your five-year-old daughter and all the listeners, when you are having those moments of joy, whether it's, you know, getting the green lights or when it's your child happily playing with a puzzle or with their sibling or whatever the case may be, yes, I'll have more of that. So again, the book is called How Change Really Happens. I look forward to your 
your next project because I know there will be another one. And it's on its way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for being on the show, Sierra. Did you have it's anything been, that you so needed? Oh, great to have you. Is there anything time limited going on right now? You need to offer people anything on your website? Um, I am because of the state of the world, especially I'm opening up a couple new sections of women's circles virtually. So those are weekly check-ins with oneself that we do together as a group because this time is full of challenges and opportunity because they don't exist separately. But a women's circle is an incredible space to look at that dichotomy all at once. And I hear people are spending so much time online and I get that. But if checking in for an hour a week with yourself because you're in the presence of other women, it's again third time I'm using the same word, amplifying the gravitational pull of you towards yourself. And this is a rich time. So do you want to discover what's in your cave? Do you want to really get into the digesting of stuff that hasn't been digested yet? This is the time and the space to do that. So it's a minimum of four weeks, which is you just connecting with yourself. And it's so potent and so powerful. I would love to share this with anybody. And every month there'll be like drop in and you can try it and see what it's like. But anyone who's at all curious should just check it out and send me a message. I'd love to hear from absolutely anybody who's listened to this. I answer my phone. I respond to messages. I have nothing else to do except write books and raise a human and you know <laughs> heal myself. So when I'm not doing all of that stuff, I would love to check in with anybody. <laughs> Great. And so the email address is theintegralwoman at gmail.com. I'm going to spell it T-H-E-I-N-T-E-G-R-A-L-W-O-M-E-N at gmail.com. Get in on those women's circles. They sound like just what you need right now. Just do it. Thanks again. Thanks so much. So for glad you're here. Me too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. It is my true desire that you have been inspired and felt a sense of connection with the words being shared. If you have an inspirational story to share on how you have overcome adversity and created an exceptional life, please visit my website, victoriajohnson.org. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next time.